Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan, the third Kraken. I'm Chris, and I'll sleep easy like baby Jesus. I'm Connor, I've got my witch hat on, and I'm ready to fucking party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gave my cat an eye patch. You didn't introduce yourself. Yeah, who are you? Who the fuck are Everyone you? Everyone knows who I am. Uh, I'm the person who doesn't, who hasn't seen any of these movies. I'm Tepper. This week we'll be watching The Last Unicorn, directed by Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr., released in 1982. I forgot to look up a fun fact for this movie. Oh my fucking god, we're so unprepared today. Yeah, that's a fun... Yeah, we're I, sloppy. I did this prep so early, and just like that was the one piece that slipped my mind. It's a sloppy episode, listeners. Get ready. We're loosey and goosey. <laughs> I best start drinking now. What, you haven't started yet? <laughs> no, I was waiting. You're behind. <laughs> the soundtrack for this movie was one of the best-selling albums of 1983 in Germany. Hell yeah. Huh. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just read them as I see them. Chris and Connor brought this movie to us this week. Why? Dab. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I grew up watching this movie a lot with like my uh, older sibling, uh, and it when it actually went through theaters again in like 2014, I was one of the nerds who actually went to go see it in theaters again, because that's the kind of kid I am. Uh, my um, this just fits with the aesthetic of like my mom's entire life, and I think that's why she got me and my. Uh, sister to watch it i don't think my brother was around at that point yet or like aware enough to to really get into it when we were watching this all the time but we would rent it a lot and watch it and i i remember some things very specifically but it's more of kind of the motif and the art style that i remember remember from this a lot uh but uh yeah like i watched a, a, a ton a ton when i was a kid and i i remember the soundtrack by america quite a bit all right. Uh, does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? Um, I mean, I haven't watched the whole thing, obviously, but I did see a couple scenes because uh, Shauna, our editor and uh, occasional guest on the show, um, watched it. And when I was coming to and from uh, stuff from my room, uh, I would watch like little bits of it. So there's only really, like, one scene in particular that I, like, remember. Uh, so other than that, it's going to be all fresh. Oh, you get, see, this is part of the loosey-goosey. You guys are getting all the inside scoop. Uh, is it the eye patch you know... cat? Is that the scene you remember? Yeah, that's the only thing I remember. Fuck yeah. Now you know that either Shauna and Tepper are roommates or Shauna watches movies outside of Tepper's room inexplicably. <laughs> both have been known to possibly be true it happens i'll just like look out my window and there's a tv set up and a movie playing and i don't know it's it was nice of us to put a window in the trunk and it's nice of you to call the trunk your room 
<laughs> and act like you get you get to be let out every now and then. Uh, yeah, I've not ever seen this movie. I didn't even really... I'd heard the title before, but I wasn't even really aware that it was a, f a movie. No information on it whatsoever. This this is based on a book, right? Yeah, and the author Correct. of the book yes. got fucked. Yeah, okay, because I remember... So when I was in elementary school, I remember seeing advertisements for The Last Unicorn. Because they would put up, like, for like the library and, like, book fairs and stuff like that, they would put up advertisements for various books. Uh, and one I remember seeing in the halls a bunch was The Last Unicorn. Which, of course, you did not read because it didn't involve a submarine or a tank. <laughs> True. And I also thought, like, unicorns as mythical creatures were fucking lame. Sure. Yeah, that sounds like you, the person who looked at the Dragonheart cover and thought that was stupid. <laughs> I didn't think it was stupid. It just didn't interest me. Don't, like, you know, don't put words in my mouth here. Yeah, what could be more boring to a young boy than a dragon hey, I, or a unicorn? Hey, I I liked dragons when I was younger. I just wasn't interested in watching Dragonheart. Like, just because it has a dragon doesn't mean I'm automatically going to watch something. Like, this is the difference between you and I. <laughs> We're now showing Tepper the movie poster. Please describe the poster and let us know what you think the movie's about. Uh, okay. Uh, I really like this art style, by the way. Um, <laughs> I have a thing to say about that after that is gonna blow everyone's <laughs> mind. I think. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, just at the top, uh, it says The Last Unicorn. I don't know what that font is, but it's quite nice. Um, and then there is a uh, white unicorn. Uh, on its hind legs facing off against a flaming bull. Um, Hell yeah. And then at the bottom it says, Lord Grade presents the last unicorn. Um, and they're in like a like dead, sinister looking forest. It's pretty dope. Who do you think is the protagonist of this movie? The last unicorn. Uh, yeah, pretty sure it's The Last Unicorn, um, based on the bits I've seen, uh, with Shauna. I mean, based on this poster. Uh, yeah, and even based on the poster, like, the title yeah, and everything. four options. The dead forest, the font, the unicorn, hey, or the bull. don't forget Lord Grade Presents. <laughs> I like that Presents as part of the name. Yeah. Uh... And this is also, so we haven't done an animated movie in a long time, and this is also the first Rankin-Bass movie we've done, which is kind of neat. Uh, what else has uh, uh, Rankin-Bass made? Uh, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit um, oh, okay. movies, mm. uh, a bunch of like Christmas specials, stop-motion animation stuff. There, it's an English animation studio that was very prominent before any of us were born. Neat. But yeah, I actually like I am interested in watching this movie because like the bits I saw seemed fine. So, do you have any predictions? Um, she's the last unicorn. 
I honestly like I All right. I, I don't really I uh, uh that was more like a like that's a joke prediction but like I don't really know actually like I'm not going to put anything down uh there's like some small bits I saw again but I think I want to go in predictionless on this one Nice Um all right we'll see you after the film I wish you would let the red bull take me I wish you had left me to the harpy. I can feel this body dying all around me. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? That was really good. Yeah. I fucking love this movie so much. Yeah, uh, man. Oh, my God. I cried twice during that. Not even going to lie. And it uh, brought back a lot of memories from childhood. I'm still a little teary about it. Not That's, uh, that's the first time that happened during this podcast. <laughs> That was uh, that was a really intense movie. Uh, yeah, that that's what I'll say is like like very emotionally intense, emotionally uh, fraught for a yeah. children's movie. Holy shit! Rated G. <laughs> there were so many tits in that. There were exactly yeah. five tits in that movie. <laughs> also, several questionable <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> uh and uh uh, yeah like violence and other things um there was no like actual blood though no but like just like some lady got eaten actually yeah you don't see it like the thing like oh the tragedy like oh my god the oh oh i'm hurt i still hurt yeah uh that movie geez where to start in our discussion for it that is the closest to like mythic literature of of any of the things we've seen like that felt really real and um powerful in 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 like a hero in like a a hero with a thousand faces kind of way in, in that that a lot of the other things we've seen ha- haven't uh, well they they especially i find they nail like the arbitrariness of like myth where it's like when you're dealing with an immortal creature walk away slowly like never run such a random fucking rule that's such like a myth thing yeah like myths are filled with all these arbitrary random like this doesn't really make much sense but it does uh type rules um i think like i guess like let's get like some of the easy stuff out of the way first the animation is extremely beautiful. Uh, the landscapes, so beautiful. the landscapes, the environments. There's all sorts of small little details. Like I'd, have, I'd probably have to watch that movie like two more times to pick up everything. But like uh, an example of this is like Haggard's Castle. Um, on the balcony, right below, there's a small like um, unicorn head sticking out. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Did you? Did you want to talk about the animation before the break, Chris? Did you have a thing? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Tepper, so you really like the animation, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this was animated in Japan, you fucking weeb. <laughs> <laughs> How am I a weeb for liking it? It's nice. <laughs> I feel I feel like I am being unfairly ambushed with this, and this is being used to paint a very bad picture of me. So, yeah, it was animated by Studio Topcraft, who did uh, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. They did Nausicaa! Uh, yeah. I have to look that up. That, 
you don't know Nausicaa? I've, cr- cr- I've watched Nausicaa like three times. Uh, just like Nausicaa I guess that's dope. I guess that's who Miyazaki partnered with. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember because Nausicaa mm-hmm. was before Studio Ghibli was a thing. Yeah, and he can kind of cannibalized Topcraft to that to makes make, sense to make Ghibli. Um, but also, I think I misspoke at the start of this. I think I said Rankin Bass was English when they're I'm they're they're American. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the animation, like, there's so many small details. Hagrid's castle especially, like, stands out to me because there's all sorts of, like, just little creepy things, faces in the walls. Um, just, like, all these, like, small little details. Yeah. And the, the character design seemed really based on, like, in the uh, title sequence, we see all these images of classic um, middle age uh like tapestry art of unicorns and yeah. the character design seemed really like informed by that, which was very cool. Yeah. It had uh like, yeah, it, it just had such a great classic fairy tale feel to it from, yeah. Like the costume design across the board was a, a simple, but not too simplistic. Like they, yeah. they nail a very nice balance of uh, it fits the characters. It fits the setting. It fits the story. But they're not just like bland nobodies, and uh, like the various like like and, and like seeing it in action too, like the the unicorns emerging from the water, um, the uh, the first attack by the red bull, um, like there's all these like really where it's like no that's like very very beautiful. I mean even the initial panning shot of the forest, sure. Um, very, very beautiful to look at. Just... I love all the color choices they used in this movie. Like, it very much, like, set the tone of the area you were in every single time. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of intentionality to kind of all the choice. Like, um, Haggard and Lear are both in, uh, like, autumn colors, and there's a lot of, like, colors that indicate, like, decay and death around his castle whereas um the unicorn and like everything associated with the unicorn was like spring colors and like like purples and whites yeah and, like very light things yeah it was uh it was good uh voice everybody, acting everybody had anime hair <laughs> everybody had like constantly moving anime hair you said it not me um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, like, and the, um, the, I'm, oh man, there's so many topics, I'm just trying to think of what exactly I want to talk about next. Oh, I, I, I interrupted you, you were talking about the voice actors. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, um, the voice acting, like, uh, across the board was, like, pretty good. I found the wizard was a little bit flat, but it kind of worked for him. Uh, Christopher Lee, obviously like the legend he did uh the, the thing and, and like i guess like the voice acting gets into one of the things that i love about this movie and what makes it to me at least like feel so intense is there's some like really really heartfelt moments mm-hmm. where the voice acting well like the whole movie manages to build such a like a very genuine emotional outpouring like i'm trying to think of like words but like like uh to give some examples like 
when the uh, when she initially gets turned into a human. Like her despair felt very very real. Yeah, that's kind of a, a surprising turn too, like as the viewer because it's supposed to be kind of a moment of triumph because she's gotten away from the red bull and then all this like, oh man. Well, well when she goes like I can feel my body dying around me. Ugh. Like like fuck. Um, and, like, yeah, like, her despair, like, it feels so real, uh, uh, haggard when he confronts her on the balcony, and he goes, like, I'll have them all, like, like, you're the last one, I will, I'll throw you from this place into the sea. Um, just so intense, uh, his, his emotional, and, like, like, a great, like, insight to his character as well. Uh, the, uh, god, I'm always blanking on names, but, uh, Molly when she sees the unicorn like where were you 10 years ago that fucked me when, up. when i was an innocent maiden like where were you you were supposed to come for me like that was just that was too human and then and then later when when she, when the unicorn becomes amalthea and she is like losing her memory of being yes. a unicorn like holy shit i sit there like how did i watch that like i guess it just went over my head as a child but like yeah. oh holy shit that is so deep and tr- like i'm going to think about this for weeks <laughs> well yeah and like another moment was like don't turn me back like stop him from turning me back like i'm a human i want to be human and like oh like like there was just so many moments where the voice acting sold it like so well uh this movie was just emotionally very very intense like like watching it was uh like there were some tough moments yeah uh, normally for sure we have uh we have a chat window that we're in while we're watching the movie and as it got into the final acts we kind of weren't saying anything to each other like everyone it seemed like everyone was actually like watching it and engaged we were so engaged yeah yeah like like with some of the movies that like you guys have brought like i've been pretty bored with parts of them or there's like parts where i'm just like ugh like I know what's happening here and I hate it. Um I was this movie had me like basically from start to finish. Like I was I was really into it, really digging it. Um like no distractions, didn't even look at my phone like at all. It was just 100% this movie that's it. Um like yeah, it was just it just was very emotionally like raw, genuine. Uh so that actually like that's the first i was the opposite this time i was not into this movie i don't know if it's i've had a long week and i'm just real tired but like i was on my phone for parts of this and like i have never had a more neutral opinion after seeing a movie this it i got absolutely nothing out of this. oh wow huh I did like the cat. <laughs> yeah, for everybody. Yeah, the pirate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, side. Yeah, like going to the side. Uh, no, the cat was amazing. What like. is Haggard's de- like? What is going on in his castle where he just has a peg-legged pirate cat and like a talking skeleton and an evil clock and like? A oh, secret... I love it. That... They they were supposed to bring him joy. Yeah, he used to have a really good wizard, and now the w- good wizard's gone. Jesus, this yeah, is what but... happens when you follow your bliss, guys. Like. <laughs> His kingdom was nothing. He had, like... Yeah, because... Yeah. That's because... Yeah, because nothing brings him joy. Hedonism destroys you. 
well, and also, like, the emptiness of his existence, where, like, he, like, his inability to feel anything from anything also destroyed him, where it's, like, he just was incapable of feeling joy from things. What kind of, what kind of mythical creature was he? Unicorns can't feel regret. What kind of creature can't feel joy? Crotchety old man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the myth, yeah. The, the mythical, rare to find, crotchety old yeah, white man. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the mythical boomer. <laughs> oh, my God. But he didn't have a lawn to mow. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, yeah, and, like some of the, like side because the cat wasn't even in that movie for very long, but like his role was great, and it just started talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, speak about the voice acting, because uh, that was the scene I remember from when I was watching like a bit of it. Is um, I found it so fucking hilarious how like when she's petting it. In, like, a really flat voice, just, ah, yeah. purr, purr, right there. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, good, good, yeah. purr. That's the spot. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so... I was, I'm like, no, that's the perfect Yeah, part. like, I love that. Um, Well, and, like, you know, what would a cat be if we gave, like, straight answers? Like, it was just, like, a really, like, I'm like, yeah, that's great. Um, I mean, I love how much you hated the butterfly. The oh, that butterfly, that <laughs> fucking psycho. <laughs> like, I absolutely agree with. I, I think it was Chris. You said it was like a psycho. Yeah, like, it's a psychopath. That that butterfly is absolutely insane. It is fuck. All all butterflies are psychopaths. I mean, as, sure. It's what we were told by the movie. <laughs> like, oh, the... She, like the unicorn said, all butterflies know are are like songs and poems. And like they refuse to to be capable of other. Answers. Also, they're time travelers, I guess, because that that butterfly only spoke in like anachronistic songs. And, like he he was singing like yeah. World War Two songs and like yeah. modern like folk songs and stuff. Like okay, yeah. The the World War Two really confused me. Yeah. So like like speaking briefly of the butterfly, because I actually kind of tried to phase him out of my memory. That was the one part of the movie that kind of worried me because I found that section very boring. Uh, yeah, like, feels really like, long. like the so, like, so, like the two hunters intro, good. I like that. The butterfly right after, I was like, please fuck off already. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. It. Yeah, I think, I think the movie lost me at the butterfly, and just like I didn't give it enough of a chance to get me back. So, I think I'm probably on the similar boat. Yeah, because that section was way over long, um, and like. Most of it could be skipped, and nothing in, would be lost. Like it wasn't that funny. It wasn't that interesting. Uh, no, it's just like it's a second poor source telling her that there aren't any universes. Well, he yeah. tells her about the Red Bull. That's really all he does. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but that's what I mean is, is like you could literally just skip to that part, cut out like two minutes of him going on about random shit, get that key information, and move on. Well, like, you can skip the whole butterfly part because after the butterfly, there's just the butterfly as a clear narrator voice telling her the the important parts of the previous conversation. Yeah, true. It's just like, it's like, King Haggard in the West, Red Bull, go there. Yeah, if you have great courage, you'll succeed and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. like, so yeah, you could yeah. just entirely skip the butterfly. Um, But, like, after that part, like, there was, there's no really weak moment in this movie really for me there's some weird shit oh man is there some like weird that tree 
tits are magic. Oh, we're, oh, we're skipping. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's talk oh, about oh, the oh. tree first. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Uh, yeah, we're skipping to the tree because the tree probably made the, like, I was like, that's fucking weird. Like, the, the harpy plot relevant adds to the mythology of the world interesting. Do mythological harpies have three tits? Because that harpy had three tits. I, I don't know. I think it's because it's a. I think because it's a good herpy. Is like, it a good herpy? You're though? you're at your no no like a like a quality like oh, quality oh it's like a four leaf clover it's a three tits herpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like your your average your average harpy just two tits. But like that's how, that's how you know like na- once you once you get to named harpies three tits. <laughs> at, yeah! Wow. Yeah. That so that that tree was fucking weird. Um, I I missed. Did he magic it yeah, intentionally? Yes. I he was trying okay. to like release himself and then accidentally made the tree alive. And the, oh, I yeah, see. the tree was ready to smother him. He, what he what spell was he trying to cast? Is I think I, I think like, the one that the unicorn cast I afterwards. Was, I was trying to give the tree an ass, but instead I accidentally <laughs> gave it. He very much seems to have um no fucking control over his magic. Which is why his magic spell is magic do as you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like magic just wants to make tits. <laughs> Evidently. Like it animated that tree with tits and it turned the unicorn into a woman. Yeah. Like, um, just wants to make tits. But yeah, the, uh, the harpy, the harpy and the old, like the old witch, like that whole section was, was pretty interesting. Cause like the harpy has like, I, I guess like gives like interesting insight into the world of like the last unicorn where it's like we're sisters born from the same magic and like it's not like a simple good evil dichotomy in this world where it's like yeah like the harpy is probably like on you know probably like the darker side of nature but like the unicorn was like she should be free too like she is only being. animals should be in cages. Yeah! Oh my god! Yeah, I was I was waiting for what you guys bring that up. Yeah, no care for the actual animals. Those animals looked sad too. Yes. Yeah. That's because they were very sad. They like they had obviously been there for a long time. Uh, but that that witch was interesting because her whole deal with like I will gain ultimate immortality through the memory of the humiliation that I inflicted on another. Like that's really fucked up. <laughs> like that's uh, that was really where she's just like, yeah, like maybe the like the harpy will kill me one day, but the harpy will always remember me because I like caged it where no one else had. Like I was like, Jesus Christ! Like also, I don't care if you have a real manticore. I would go to an illusion circus. Yeah, man. Just to, like choose the failure will save, and that's a fine circus. <laughs> yeah. She had a dragon too. Yeah. Although those aren't those are apparently pretty common. Oh yeah. The the, pr- the prince just goes out and finds one as soon as he sees a woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that prince. Okay, I guess I guess since we're talking about it, everyone wants to fuck the unicorn. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> She's mean, hot. Yeah. Like, look, come on. I, I called that shot immediately when I said the Red Bull is just the manifestation of man's desire to fuck humans, right? <laughs> and, and Haggard wants to watch. Yes. Yeah, he's oh, the only one man. that doesn't want to... He just wants to watch. I guess that's why he had to have a son. Well, man, when... 
when uh, the prince, like, like I'm in love with her, and, like, the wizard's just like, yeah, yeah, but, like, she's gonna get turned back into a unicorn. And he's basically, like, like his response is, essentially, did I fucking stutter? <laughs> like, I love that fucking unicorn. I'm gonna fuck this horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was, I felt some real empathy with Prince Lear. Uh, uh, like flashbacks to being like a teenage boy when he was like, I've killed so many things and she still won't notice me. What am I supposed to do? I killed the giants and I killed the dragons and like. And Molly's like, Yo, have oh, you, you like, talked to her? Yeah, have you tried talking to her? <laughs> He's like, What? Wait, what? What am I supposed to do? Nah, that's all Talk to her. That won't impress him. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he had the thought to go talk to Molly about it. Well, yeah, he doesn't want like, to fuck Molly. He doesn't need to impress her. No, no, but I'm just surprised he bothered talking to another person, especially like an actual woman, about trying to fuck this Maybe woman. Maybe I didn't just He's like things to kill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm surprised he wasn't just talking to the cat or the skeleton. <laughs> that that skeleton was really good too. Yeah, I did. Lo- I I did enjoy the Sphinx skeleton. His fucking laughing was so good. What? The riddle was wasn't a riddle though. No, it no, was no, no, just no. nonsense. Yeah, yeah, like the wine didn't drink itself. The clock was. I guess the any time is the right time, so that's fine. And the skeleton did talk, but the wine didn't drink itself. There wasn't any wine. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe the wine did drink itself. That's why there wasn't any wine. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> maybe, maybe like before, before the 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 old wizard left, Hagar's just like maybe if all wine drinks itself, I'll be I'll be brought joy. Galaxy brain. Well, I guess not. So for a second, I thought the like hunter and the old guy were young haggard and young other wizard but i but i don't think i think that's my like ash got struck by lightning sort of like fan theory i don't think that's actually true yeah no i don't think that's actually true it wouldn't really make much sense yeah it would be interesting because like i think like it's like it's implied i guess like at least a year that uh the unicorn was traveling but not really explicit how long. Yeah, she goes through all the seasons. We, we see like a full season. Or if I guess if it's Thumbelina, then a day. <laughs> four days? I can't remember what we landed on. I think a, I think a season is a day is where we got yeah, to. Yeah, I believe that was the conclusion. Um, uh, One of the other things I want to mention is like the dialogue for this movie is pretty like snappy. Like it's good. Uh, Also some very interesting lines like she will strangle you on barbed wire to make a necklace for the harpy. Yeah. Uh that was pretty that was a pretty well thought threat from the person who's not supposed to be particularly smart. Yeah. Um come on old man, I'll even write you a reference. <laughs> like yeah, like there's like yeah, the the dialogue in this movie was uh, pretty solid like across the board. Uh, the interactions between the characters felt like real and and interesting too. Like um, like Molly was a great addition to the crew, um, and even like oh, some yeah. of 
and, and like uh, what I found interesting is like like even there's like like some like smaller like interactions like when the when she's talking with the prince, and he keeps cutting his finger, and she goes like cut away from yourself not toward, um and then like moves on with the rest of the conversation like just like little touches like that all across yeah and like you said it felt really real yeah like when the wizard and Molly end up traveling together at the end of the movie i went yeah that is a logical extension of what they've been doing where like they've been building a friend like a great friendship with each other throughout the movie um the uh like the unicorns regret and like like the, the final kind of conversation that they have like it's just really good like it felt really real a great that, chemistry oh that messed me up man check Chekhov's capacity for regret. Yeah, <laughs> that that gun was fired. <laughs> yeah, well, she like she mastered the human world and yeah. and uh, released all all the other unicorns by the power of that. Like Jesus yeah. Christ, who boy? Yeah, well, like, and it was interesting because there was no like, I'll be turned in back into a human, uh, and like live happily ever after. Like the the like I mean like the wizard basically spelled it out when he went. There is no happy ending because there is no ending. Like, for both the prince and the unicorn, it's ultimately, like, it's a happy ending in the sense that the quest was accomplished, but, like, she is vastly changed, filled with regret, had love, and never really got to say a proper goodbye to the prince. And the prince, in the same way, dealt with that. And, I mean, like, she goes, like, I'm now different from all my kin. Like, I'm afraid to go home because... Like, I felt regret, and, like, I felt love, and that makes me different now. Um, like, the only two people to really get a happy ending in the story was Molly and the wizard, and even that was, I mean, he, he went, like, like, people don't really know what makes them happy when he talks to the unicorn the last time. Um, which feeds back into like this movie's really emotionally intense. Yeah, <laughs> like, children's like, movie. Like there's there's so many small like little things in this movie where like again like I'd have to watch this movie like again to really take everything in because yeah. yeah like there's just like all sorts of small little like themes and sub themes that are just so interesting and so well done. Uh, just yeah, like it's just so so. Uh, so beautiful and i feel like we got to attribute that to what peter peter beagle is the author uh yeah and yes. and screen he also did the screenplay yep um you'd kind of alluded to before we started uh connor that like there was some fuckery around how he got treated in this do you do you know any of the details behind that um i know some of the details like he didn't get paid for any of the original screenings and he didn't get any paid for any of the original VHS or DVD sales. Um, they had a 25th, like a, I think it was a 25th anniversary DVD that yep. he did get money from. And he also, uh, back in like 2014 got the rights to the movie and just like fucking went on tour and played it in theaters and like toured with it. Until he got Ugh. sick and had to stop, but he still let the movie like keep playing in theaters. He just he couldn't keep traveling. Huh. Hmm. Well, he did a really good job. Like, yeah, wow. Like, uh, wow. Is so? Is that where you saw it? I saw it in theaters. I didn't get to meet him, but I did see it in 
theaters in 2014. Like, I saw it as a kid on VHS, um, but I also watched it again when it was going through theaters in, like, 2014, 2015. I don't think I, like, if that happened again, I don't know if I'd be able to, like, I, I cry during movies pretty regularly, but especially in a movie theater, like, I don't know if I would be able to handle that. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, like, uh, this movie's probably the closest I've come to uh, crying while watching it. There's some very, very... Well, I mean, like, as I was talking about earlier, there's some very, very heartfelt moments that hit really close. Um, like, it was... Uh, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was... Uh, um, I don't even know, how, like, the best way to describe it, but, yeah. Just uh, hit a lot of the right points for me, at least. Well, and it's rare that a, especially a kids' movie takes itself so very seriously and succeeds mm. in because it's really hard to straddle that line and 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 have that tone, and, yes, and, and and let that hit home without feeling kind of overwrought or goofy. Yeah, yeah, like like either trying too hard or, um, yeah, kind of un- undercutting itself with like too much humor or humor in the wrong spot. Um, and this, this movie just manages to strike like a very perfect balance. Um, I'm, I'm sure that maybe the book gives us more of this, but then maybe not cause it's very mythological, but I would like to know more about like what the red bull is because Christopher Lee says that the red bull came to him. Yeah. And he like made a deal with it. So I guess it's like the, devil um i mean i i feel like i wouldn't go so far as to say it's the devil like i'd say uh it's again like fitting into that arbitrariness of like mythology where it could just be like random spot like spirit of great strength uh connor creature our our energy drinks the devil no <laughs> there, there, there you have it. God, incredibly biased opinion. Uh, no bias whatsoever coming hey, from me. Who here has ingested the most energy drinks? They get to speak on behalf of the energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm mixed, Chris. Because like on one hand, I go, I would like to know more about like the Red Bull and uh, um, like what it is exactly. Maybe like what its motivations are. But at the same time, I kind of like that it's uh, it's like nothing special in that sense. Like it's not something that really needs to be explained. Like it is a great force that Haggard made a deal with to push the unicorns into the sea. Um, and that's all it really needs to be. I like this piece of trivia par- uh, partially because of the wording just... Sir Christopher Lee showed up for the, his recording sessions armed with his own copy of the book with several places marked to indicate things that must not be, in his opinion, uh, omitted. Nice. That that sounds like him. Yeah, That's... that sounds like Lee. <laughs> that... Also, apparently Jeff Bridges uh, did this movie for free, or at least offered oh, to. Huh. <laughs> Everyone I love that was in this movie just, like, makes me love them more by the way that they did this. Like, oh. Yeah, Jeff Bridges was, like, pretty good. Like, it was interesting, uh, like, his voice work in this. Um, I kind of agree with you, Chris. Like, he tried his best when it came to the singing parts. 
Yeah. Well, and it was a short song, but the more I thought about it, like, it's kind of fine that he can't really step to Mia Farrow as a singer because, like, the whole point is that he's not, like, he's entranced by this mythological, like, supernatural beauty that he yeah. can't even approach. Uh, you know like he he will never be the 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 sort of appropriate mate for this creature yeah and and i almost like the amateurness of it in the sense like like of his own development too as like a person where like he's trying to court her and kind of failing it was cute but i was also glad it was short (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. i sent you a dragon's head please Um, what the fuck? Like King Haggard, just out of nowhere, being like, "Yeah, he's not really my son." Yeah, I've I I found a child and was like, "I've never had one. Maybe joy." Nope. For a time, for a time, there was joy. To me, that furthers the, like his just absolute inability to feel joy with anything for like a long time. Like his lack of. Ability to feel fulfillment. Yeah. Um, like, it adds to, like, the wrongness of his existence, kind of. Oh, yeah, like, motherfucker, at a certain point when nothing brings you joy, you gotta think, like, maybe it's not the things. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe it's not... Maybe you don't need more skeletons and pirate cats. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe you need a... Maybe you need a royal therapist. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's almost like there's uh, something inherently wrong with his soul. Because they mention early in the movie that, like, as soon as he stepped foot in those lands, it began to wither and die. Not enough energy drinks. <laughs> Monster energy will save the day. Well, the Red Bull isn't working, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's time to go full throttle. <laughs> Yeah, the, the sequel where they hire a monster to capture the unicorns. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and the third movie where he becomes a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like the the songs overall were short enough that I didn't mind too much. Yeah, there's barely any in terms of musical as in the character singing songs. Yeah. There's, there's not very much of that. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Speaking about, like, maybe unpopular opinion, wasn't a huge fan of, like, the the songs for the, um, oh, like, like, montage sequence, like, the montage yeah. sequences didn't, I, the, the songs were, uh, like, how would I say it? The songs, quality-wise, pretty good, like, 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 they were, like, very pleasant to listen to. Uh, I just didn't feel like they meshed very well with the movie. Uh, uh, Shauna had an opinion on those. They were just like the lyrics are very literal. Yes, <laughs> yes yeah. <laughs> it's just what is currently happening. It's like just, just lost narwhals. Unicorn is sad. Cause like like I feel like they do a good enough job through visual imagery in those sequences that they really didn't need a lyrical song over it. Um. And, uh, yeah, like, it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly what my issue is with them, but I just, I just felt that they didn't, didn't, like, mesh with the rest of the movie very well. Yeah, well, I, I have, like, um, 
emotional connection to the songs because I like remember them probably most visibly of vividly for, of anything from this movie from my childhood. But I, I can accept that they kind of feel weird. And it seems like they got America to do the soundtrack because they could, or like maybe they heard Horse with No Name and they were like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> They know how to sing a song about a horse, and a I unicorn's kind of like a horse. I mean, Horse With No Name is a very good song. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, um... Like, like I said at the start, it's, it's, it's some hippie nonsense. Yeah, and like, it didn't detract from the movie, but it didn't, like, add to the movie. The... The trivia here says that Jeff Bridges recommended his friend Jimmy Webb for the soundtrack. That's all I know. Cronyism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, just... uh, This movie's just really good. Like, really fucking good. Like, it nails so many things, so many good themes. I was actually worried you were going to be bored during this movie, because it does have its moments where even I think it's kind of boring, especially during the beginning and all the montage sequences. But I'm really glad that you kept with it. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, like, like the be- it was a little bit of a slow start, but... Um, uh, s- slow start... <sighs> I'm generally not put off by slow starts as long as, like, I can see the potential that lies behind them, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't mind a long setup if I go, like, if if I can kind of at least get a glimpse of, like, this is going to pay off big. Um, And, uh, like, it did. Like, goddamn, it did. Fuck yeah, my rank's going to go up. Uh, I was I was actually gonna like say that as well, and when we get to Tarot's Tops, is uh, <laughs> you're, it, it, this is gonna get neck and neck again. Uh, it's um, and like even man, like another great sequence is like Haggard as the unicorns come out of the water, and you just like like I knew you were the last one. I knew you were the last one, like, as he falls into the sea and his tower collapses, like, right to the end, he was just a... Asshole. Not even an asshole, like, he just was, like, an empty person. And everything was gone at the end, too. Yeah. Like, it was like his castle was never there after it crumbled. Yes. Like, there wasn't a ruin left, like, there was just the cliff it was on, and that's it. Yeah, like, ultimately, his legacy is nothing. Like, he had nothing... He did nothing, and he left nothing behind, really. Uh, like, it goes to, like, like in, like, in mythology, it's, like, like cursed kings or, like, people who just, by nature of their birth, were cursed with a poor disposition or, like, things like... And that's kind of how I view Haggard is not, like, he's, like, an asshole king, but, like, he's just... His soul is fundamentally broken, um, like the the land he walks on withers and dies. Uh, he is just by nature of his existence incapable of feeling joy for long. And so he was, you know, eventually his fate similar to, uh, similar to what uh, this goes back to the witch, where like the unicorn goes, like the witch chose her fate years ago. This is just the culmination of that. So too for Haggard, 
his fate was determined long ago, and the unicorns coming out and destroying the tower is the culmination of that that choice. Do you do you think the beachside cave entrance was also hidden by the clock, or did they just never actually bother looking? I think it was because, like, if you notice, like the mist disappears after the clock was destroyed. So I wouldn't be surprised if there yeah. was like a dense mist. Uh, they're always just looking in the wrong direction. Well, because uh, also the um, bull is supposed to go out every night looking for the unicorn, right? So like, why don't you just wait outside? I think they just didn't know much about yeah. the bull. Like they didn't well, it's really also, understand it. Like we've talked, it's it's a mythical. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's why like any of these like small plot holes, I'm really willing to just like brush aside because I go like. The movie ultimately succeeds at delivering on every emotion that it wants to, and every feeling that it wants to, and every kind of, like, theme. So, like, oh, like, why didn't they do this, or why didn't they do that? Like, I'm gonna be out, like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. And as we learned, the answer to every riddle is smash the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Haggard went fucking ham on that thing. Yeah. Yeah, instead of, like, chasing them through it, because, like, he very easily could have, presumably. Yeah, but this goes back to, like, it works so much more thematically that he didn't. Also, fucking Prince Lear's line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, how did you get I, here? I saw her come I <laughs> followed her. It's like, oh, man, that was good. When, how, and where? Yeah, that I thought was, like, actually, initially... <laughs> Initially, when he was there, I was like, is this, like, an illusion? Like, to, yeah, to try to, like, lead her astray? Because I'm like, when did he pop in here? He is... He is... <laughs> or, like, if it or if it was going to suddenly reveal that he was the evil one. And yeah. His, and his, like, father was just kind of crazy. That, that was like, my other thought, that... was, like, no, he's actually King... Like, he's actually King Haggard, and, like... Yeah. He's just such a lovesick teen. Like, it doesn't seem like he knows what is going on or where he is most of the time. He's just like, where is the unicorn? There was literally no moment where he could have slipped in. Well, I love to, like, um, like, do something. He goes, like, no magic can save her. Like, I can't do anything. That's what heroes are for. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I'm yeah. gonna get fucking just bodied by this Stand thing. in front of it. <laughs> just, they just smashed Doesn't him. even, like, try to pull out his sword. Well, he tried well, earlier, and yeah. the, the sword fell from his hand on fire. Oh, I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that happened in the cave. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that part. Um, so... Uh, but like, but even that, like as silly as that seemed, like worked because, like her her love for him and her sorrow at seeing what happened to him gave her the strength to overcome the. Uh, her fear of the bull. Yeah, and it was only through that, like love and like her experience as a human, that allowed her to uh, to ultimately save the rest. Yeah, just. If he had been on the beach, it's like, okay. But, like, I don't know how he got in there. It's very, very entertaining. Yeah, that was definitely a bit sudden. Like, it's like, she <laughs> enters, then Molly enters, and then we, we, watch, we see them I, fighting the around clock, the clock. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck? How well, did you, you get in there? Well, you guys don't, in the kitchen, there's a door to the secret ballroom. What, you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. don't know? <laughs> 
I mean, didn't you ever wonder what this door was to, Molly? Yeah, I've been chilling down there all the You've time. Been working here for months. Play cards with the cat. Oh, God, okay. If you are employing, like, a scullery maid or whatever she was, give her some shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, may- maybe... But, but shoes don't give him joy. Bare feet brings him yeah. joy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe giving Molly shoes will bring you joy, you stupid king. Like, uh yeah, maybe maybe this week he was trying to deprive her of shoes. Maybe last week she had shoes. Got to mix it up when trying to bring joy. <laughs> she was shoeless the entire movie. It was like somebody give her a sock or something. Like she had better looking clothes than almost anyone else. True. Though once they started working, maybe there. she was just like one of those like free running people. Like she just like I don't believe in shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Hippie through and through. I mean, she lived in the woods with a bunch of dudes, like, in a commune sort she of situation. Was, she was waiting for her, the unicorn to come and give her crystal slippers. Oh, uh, speaking of those bandits in the woods, I got a, um, a critique for the, like, main, uh, the, like, lieutenant bandit. Don't yeah. wear bells all over yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get a bandolier of bells. Like, you're the worst bandit. Like, no wonder you can't find anybody to rob. <laughs> that's what we do to cats so they can't <laughs> catch things like ring a ding 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 <laughs> oh the bandits are coming guys quick hide um yeah i've kind of like exhausted most of the things that i could think of off, like uh that i can think of to talk about not sure you guys got any topics that haven't been explored um <laughs> There's only, like, one thing, and it was, like, a long time ago. Uh, for the longest time, like, I don't believe in souls, because that's just the kind of weirdo I am. Uh, but I have, for a really long time, believed that afterlife is, like, you living on through the memories of other people. And I never knew where that came from, and I think it might have been this fucking movie. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, well, well, there's a pretty, like, famous quote of, like, you die twice. First when you actually die, and then the second time when the last person who remembers you forgets you. Something like that. Fuck. Yeah. And that's why you've got to imprison a harpy. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, immortal. Oh, wait, it was the witch being like, I will live forever in the humiliation of this harpy that taught you that? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's such a Connor thing. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. When I was watching this, like, knowing your parents, I was like, yeah, they would have shown you this movie. Oh fuck yeah! Because I can just see your mom being like, "Yeah, this is good for kids," and your dad being like, "This movie's got a rocking soundtrack." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pretty accurately summing up my parents. Yeah, like your dad looks like a the lost member of America, (laughs) (laughs) especially in that band picture. Oh yeah! Oh my fucking god! So Chris, you had something else that you want to talk about? Um, there is a Frank Herbert line that I, I, I uh, that occurred to me when I was thinking about King Haggard uh, uh, that is uh, seek freedom and become captive of your desires but seek discipline and you will be free nice yeah it's just a overwrought thing that came to mind anyone else got anything when the last movie watches and the eagle sings a 
A song. I could feel my body dying around me. <laughs> I actually like forever vividly remember her exact cadence of how she says that, even as a child. Do you want to do a version? Probably better than mine. I would just like sing the entire fucking main theme, man. I don't think anyone wants that. What road of man or the? No, one? the last unicorn. Oh, okay. No, I mean, sorry, man's road. When the last moon is cast over the last star of morning And the future is past without even the last desperate warning In the shadow of the forest, though she may be old and worn they will stare unbelieving at the last unicorn. Continue. That yeah, was beautiful. Thanks. This is this is episode is too sincere. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the tits for another half hour. <laughs> there were exactly five tits in this movie. That's another thing. Um we should rate movies. That's another list we should start. It's how many tits are in this movie. Because we counted Conan at 10. And this one at 5. <laughs> Guaranteed the first person to uh, give their rating for the movie is going to go like 5 tits out of 5 or something Damn like it. that. Damn it. <laughs> hey, you still get to rate. Well, you get to rate pretty much first. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I'm just I'm just calling it out early. That's all. Like I'm not casting judgment. I always forget how the alphabet works. You're always first. You are the first of our friends. Aww. <laughs> Except when Alistair's here. True. Alistair's been in one episode. And I wasn't in that episode. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, so if we want to get to Tepper's Tops. Drum roll. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, put it in the number one slot. Oh, fuck! Whoa! Damn. I really like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but this movie hits a much deeper emotional core for me. Like, Ferris Bueller... Stay Off was really fun to watch. Um, and it did have... And, it, like, it has, like, some interesting themes and things like that. But, like, this movie hit a lot deeper emotionally. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think number one slot for... Damn. Damn. We've been, oh man, we've been making some moves recently. Fun fact, my ranking actually went down. How did your ranking go down? There's no because way. so many of my movies got shifted down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, yours did too. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> You do, like, oh my god, look at the bottom ten. Your name shows up over and over again. Yeah. I mean, so does yours. Woof. 
Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, and for the villain... Uh, yeah. Um, I liked him as, like, kind of tragic, kind of cursed king. Um... This one's a bit tougher for me to pin down exactly where I want to put him, and this one might change after I think about it a little bit. But I think uh, the number five slot for him. Number five, taking out Zorg right below the Grand Highway. Damn. Like, Haggard doesn't have a huge, huge role in the movie, but like, when he, like, like the two scenes that really stick out for me that solidify him so high is like when he confronts her on the balcony and it's just like like i know what you are like i'll I'll cast you down from here into the water with the rest of them and then like looks into her eyes and goes like maybe i'm wrong but like like i'll be watching like i i think you are the last one uh and that kind of like mania that he has uh, and then the other scene that I really liked was when he, uh, his death scene, where he's just like, like, I knew it, like, I knew you were the last one, as he just, like, falls to his death. Really good stuff. Um, very kind of, like, Shakespearean. Um, business dads? Yeah, so I've, I wrote down hunter business dad from the beginning of the movie but that's probably the strongest one and it's incredibly weak yeah i wouldn't really bother with it for this movie personally is, is haggard not a business dad i guess so. oh i guess he's i guess he really is he's he's, he's so dad. business dad You're he right. doesn't even have a son <laughs> you're just it's we've just never done we've never had a both villain and business dad yeah, I probably... Well, like, purely. I, I was thinking about arguing for the Red Bull being the villain, but I guess the Red Bull is more like a force of nature or something. It's yeah. Really... It's the manifestation of fucking. Yeah, it's the manifestation of man's <laughs> desire to fuck and or watch unicorns. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, because, like, like, Haggard is ultimately the one who makes the deal with it to cast the unicorns into the sea okay i actually fixed the counters there was a division problem i did go up there we go that makes much more sense yeah i was gonna say like how does it be in the number one slot like i mean not by much but you did go up <laughs> i went up by like almost two points that's a lot that is a lot um so is it king business dad or manic king business dad or joyless king business joyless dad. Joyless king business dad, I think. Business daddy likes to watch. Unicorns. So, he's, as we found out, he's pretty business. He's not very dead. Yeah, I'd probably put him in the, uh... Assuming his business is trying to find joy anyways. He's quite business. i put him in the number three spot, I think. Oh... Maybe three or four. Three. Hmm, I'm still thinking that over. Maybe four, because like he's definitely more business than Mister Parrish. Um, yeah, if his business is being a king, then he's not very business at all, because his kingdom sucks. Mister Parrish, interestingly, the only one 
only other one on the list who's kind of both the villain and dad in that it was the same actor, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the number four slot for now. Number four, underneath unethical science business dad from Twins. Yeah, because he didn't, he didn't like make a kid out of a semen milkshake. And, yeah, he like, didn't make a milkshake. And then not tell the kid about anything. Oh, and then give a speech my, about how the kid is genetically evil in front of him. My red, yeah, my Red Bull milkshake brings all the unicorns to the yard. <laughs> oh my god! Ugh, Red Bull milkshake is the most cursed concept I've ever <laughs> fucking heard. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> God, that is cursed. Uh, and then never in the glory. Oh, we uh, so we could add Schmedrick, but Molly is more a child in by multiple potential definitions. She's technically older, pretty sure. Probably, yeah, I feel but like, like she's older. But we could add either. It doesn't really matter to me. This. This never in the glory is gonna be weird. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's like a couple children, a couple full-grown adults that have no powers. Schmendrick or Molly, guys. <sighs> I think I vote Schmendrick because at least he has magic. Like I don't know what you'd give Molly, like common sense and a potato. <laughs> common sense is something a lot of people these people especially lack these these people are actually pretty smart yeah like 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 luke is not an idiot and like like cody banks with in universe isn't an idiot he's only an idiot sometimes and like hogarth is pretty smart yeah hogarth has a super weapon like everyone's oh yeah yeah no he's he has Many advantages. He's probably gonna win. The only reason why he doesn't win right off the bat is his super weapon doesn't want to be a super weapon. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much the thing. Um, uh, and then like, and then there's Rita Escobar. She existed and found her husband. Um, can we do both Smendrick and Molly? Like I don't, th- we definitely can. Yeah, like I feel like having both of them doesn't give them that. We've o- we've only done that so far for siblings, but uh, it doesn't matter to me. For si- uh, but we also oh right, <laughs> yes we have. But... I forgot the Ninja Turtles are definitely siblings. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they are. They're more likely siblings than uh, Carrie, Charles, and Paul are, who I think are just like aligned orphans. <laughs> <laughs> A young gang of England. Listen, somebody told them they were siblings at some point. They forged some documents. That's basically all that it takes to be siblings. But yeah, I have no strong opinions on which one of the two we put in. Or if we do both. I mean, I feel like in the same way that Hogarth gets to call in the Iron Giants, Schmendrick gets to call in Molly as uh, as a realist uh, And voice of fucking reason. To yet. Well, and just, like, magic cheerleader realist. Just, like, do it. You can do it. She, like, yeah, but then okay. she also yells at him for doing it after he yeah. does it as her other yeah. move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's his choice if he wants her. Right? <laughs> do something. Like, say, save her. Okay, I'll save her. 
what did you do? Like, why did you do that? Like, if I was him, I'd be like, what the fuck do you want from me? Here, here's a bit of a spoiler of the next Never the Glory. His opening move is magic, do what you will. It summons Molly, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, magic wanted this, not me. This is, wh- this is what happens when you have a wild sorcerer in the party. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, put both. Like, I don't see a problem with it. Again, she'll be there whether she was brought in or not. <laughs> um, he definitely doesn't get he doesn't get the regretful unicorn, which would have been a much worse title for the movie. The regretful unicorn. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else, or time to rate? Time to rate, I guess. Oh, right, I go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um i give this movie um one psychotic butterfly out of one i give this movie all of the unicorns out of the sea Uh, i give this movie one king falling out of his castle into the sea out of one well it hasn't been taken yet so i'd give this movie five tits out of five Hell yeah. Five five tits out of one harpy and one tree. (laughs) Divide them as you will. Five tits out of two unlikely tit sources. (laughs) Unlikely tit sources is a great sentence. You you wouldn't believe who these tits belong to. Click, find out more. And as always, I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Chris. I'm Connor. I'm Tepper. And a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them all on YouTube or follow the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs>